Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches, for going hexing. I have a question for all the listeners. Go. Since we already know your answer to this. All right. Are we a carrot person or not? (laughs) Your random question of the week. I can't help it. Okay. So right before recording, we had our pee break. Like we had a little meeting and then we had our pee break. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm craving a carrot. So I'm going to get a carrot. And obviously we started talking about carrots and I just spit out a carrot. (laughs) And you said, you don't like carrots. And I was like, yeah. I know. And it's like, it was a thing that like developed for me. Like I used to like carrots and then all of a sudden I just like didn't like carrots anymore. It was, it was weird. Which is sad because carrots are like, they're so good for you. They're so good for you. And they're like such a summer, like veggie. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, um, sound off in the comments. Do we like carrots? Do we not like carrots? Uh, what do we use carrots in? How can we use carrots magically? I like that idea. I think they would make a great offering for um, probably a deity of the underworld because they're a root vegetable, right? Hmm. Hmm. That's 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 pretty good. Maybe bringing I'll, it back. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I'll uh, I'll do that. I'll do that. Let's see if she takes a little chomp chomp on it. <laughs> Courtney, how witchy was your week? How witchy was my week? I'm trying to think. Clearly, I don't know how witchy is my week <laughs> because I'm like full on blanking. I think because I'm I'm blanking because um, I see you in like five days. You do. You do. We are having a big old best friend business meeting in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm really excited about. Yes, because I'm I'll be out there for a wedding, mm-hmm. and I was like, yo. I, I'm seeing you and you're like, yep. yo, yeah, you are. So, <laughs> yeah. We are very excited. Um, I can't wait to go back down to Philly, um, which is not, you know, it's not like my native hometown or anything, but I spent a lot of my life there yeah. and it's like my, one of my favorite cities. So I miss it. I miss my little Philly. Um, and I'm excited to see you. Yeah, the last time I was in Philly was when we had our Valentine's Day trip. Oh my God. February right. 2020. Oh my God. Right yeah. before the end of the world. Isn't that crazy to think about? It really is. I think about that all the time, actually. <laughs> I think my favorite part about that was we were so cold and oh we God, had yeah. we both had our bathing suits. We were like, let's just get in the bath. So we both just sat our asses in the bath with our legs hanging outside. We were like mermaids. We were. We were. It was great. Oh, good times. How, you know what? How witchy has your week been? Since I can't Hmm. think of any witchiness right now. Yeah. How witchy has my week been? Um, Well, we had... In the United States, we had Independence Day recently. Um, And I have not celebrated Independence Day in a long time um, because I feel very strongly about the fact that until we're all free, none of us are free. Um, Snap, 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 snap. And it, it, you know, hits different. It puts a sour taste in your mouth after women losing their bodily rights, you know? So um, I spent 
the United States is Independence Day, celebrating my own independence. And I chilled, I hung out, I harvested some plants, I made some bundles, get ready for those soon. Um, and I just like did me. And I think though the witchiness of the week was like the reset day. Um, and I don't think we really, really hold that in enough high esteem because we're still so chained to this hustle culture, this girl boss culture. And it's like girl sleep, girl nap, you know, like girl boss, no girl sleep. Yes. Yeah. You know? Or nap boss. Be a nap, nap boss. boss. Nap boss. Exactly. Nap <laughs> <boss>. Branded. <laughs> but my point is like, if you need to take a reset day, you don't always have to be productive. I, it's very hard for me to sit down. It's very hard for me to stop working. Um, it's very hard for me not to be filling every minute with productivity, even if it's like, you know, um, making the bed, cleaning, um, doing the laundry, doing the things that I need to get done. Because I always say when I'm, when I'm down, I'm done, but we need to take more of a, a slower look at things, a slower look at life and um, be able to really take the time for ourselves all day long if we need to, you know, take the day. You'd be productive some other time, you know? So that was, that's kind of my witchy, witchy um, little note for this week is no. be yourself. Yeah, fuck yeah. I think that's perfect. I think that's a perfect way to be witchy. Like- Yes, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. And- Hell yeah for today's episode. Today's episode is so cool. I'm so excited. What are we talking about? We are talking about not magic, part of our simple spell series. Yeah. And this is something I really didn't know a lot about before we did this research. And I'm really excited to dive into it because I learned so much. So if you're good, I'm good to dive Maybe into the resources. I am good. Tell them what the resources are. <laughs> All right. Not Magic by Toloyan Penry and Not Magic 101 YouTube video by, you know, the Witch of Wonderlust. Yes, let's do it. All right. So what is Not Magic? According to the Witch of Wanderlust, Not Magic is a simple, versatile, effective, and efficient form of magic. It is also a magical practice that can appear mundane for the practitioner that is not open about their practice and is something that can be kept under wraps, literally. Not magic is as simple as putting magical intention into things like yarn work, quilting, sewing, embroidery. There are a multitude of ways not magic can be used to create physical spells, even just making a knot in your shoelaces. It's so easy. The idea of knot magic is that with every knot or stitch you make, you are working an intention physically into the knot or stitch, and a chant can be employed during the act to seal it, like I am protected, or by knot of one, I am protected. Knot magic is effective if you're even just tying a knot with a string nine times and allows you so much creative freedom, but can also be very intricate. With not magic, you want your intention to be communicated as directly and as shortly as possible because you are going to be repeating it for each knot that you make. I love that for so many reasons. So mm -hmm. everyone, my partner, Blake Sews, 
He's so, so like, cool. He is an amazing sewer. And that's like his hobby. Like he yeah. fucking loves it. He has a sewing machine. He has his own little station. And I love, it. love it. And like the amount of like work and patience and like what he does, it's truly magical. He is so fucking oh, yeah. good. Like he doesn't realize it. He made me this amazing makeup bag. I know. And like, it is beautiful for my glamour magic. Like Mm -hmm. what he had like inside, it's a beautiful like black suede or a black, I think it's suede or or leather with like beautiful like pink stitching and the inside it's flowers. And I was like, Blake, do you realize how magical that you made this? And he's like, yeah. no, I just like thought of like something you would like. I was like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Like, oh my God. Blake, are you a witch? Yeah, he fucking absolutely is. He absolutely is. So just you saying that, I was just like, oh my God. Not magic is dope. Taluan Pentry, author of Not Magic, says that we should never tie or attempt to tie something that cannot be undone. There may always come a time when we need to undo them, even if we believe differently at the time we cast the original spell. Because as with any kind of magic, we never know what surprises life may have in store. Penry says that knot magic works by using knots to tie or fix an intention into a spell. And because it's visual and tactile, it's an excellent magical method if we work alone because the physical action of tying the knot helps keeps us focused. Whereas many magical systems require various tools, incense, magical correspondences, and etc., knot magic has only one practical requirement, something in which we can tie at least one knot. This can be anything from soft bark or parcel string to embroidery thread. For knot magic, just as in any type of knot tying, the basic rule is that the more knots there are, the longer the cord needs to be. And thick cord must be longer than thin cord, even when tying the same number of knots. I'm literally, oh my God. So also Blake works in the film industry. He's a great mm-hmm. You know how many knots they have to fucking tie? Like, do you? Oh my like, god! I'm literally like, oh my god! This is why you're such a magical human being, and I love. Yes. Oh my, oh my gosh! That's okay. so great. I love okay, that. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop gushing about him. <laughs> Henry says that knot magic, sometimes known as ligatura, was considered such a danger that the early church issues numerous edicts against it. Prosecutions and even executions of those practicing ligatura continued quite late into our history, right into the 18th century in France and Scotland. Knot magic was considered dangerous partly because it is so simple. Although some knots require great skill, almost anyone can tie a simple one in a piece of string. Knot magic was also discreet, powerful, and used easily obtainable materials. And that's important too. We don't need to visit special magical supply stores. A quick trip to the supermarket or local hardware shop can supply us with everything we need, namely a ball of string. Although it's not essential to even buy extra materials considering knots can be tied in almost anything from ribbon to rags and even in strands of hair. In Deuteronomy and Psalms, the words that were used to describe an enchanter in Hebrew can be translated to mean a man who ties magic knots. In ancient times, it was believed there was a knot in the night sky. According to the ancient Greek poet-astronomer Aratus of Soli, a Pisilium, a star in the zodiac sign of Pisces, was a beautiful and great star called the knot of the heavens. 
Usually when we tie a knot, it is intended to keep something safe or in place to stop it from moving about freely. Transferring this idea to a magical mindset, Penner says, we can see how tying a knot can be used in spells intended to hinder or prevent the actions of another person, animal, or even thing. This is where the term spellbound comes from, to hold or bind a person or thing through magic. Tying a knot can also bind us to a specific course of action by tying the person, thing, and or action together. Knot magic pervades our culture through long-standing traditions. In Europe, there is a tradition of wedding knots, a type of wedding favor that was deliberately attached to clothing intended to bring good luck. In the 17th century, many brides traditionally sewed knots of colored ribbons, known as bride favors or bride lace, onto their dresses. Conversely, to untie a knot or loosen it will remove or slacken the binding or obstruction and therefore free the subject of the knot. This is particularly useful whenever we want to ensure there is nothing to hinder a particular event or course of action and may explain why garments or shoes were often symbolically untied before couples married or women gave birth. Magically, Penry says, this operates on the basis of the like curing like often referred to as just as, so may formula, linking a physical action to a magical intention. For example, just as I remove the knots of these shoelaces, so may all obstructions to this birth be undone and removed. This also keeps the intention within the as above, so below maxim. Knot magic is ancient, but since it is often tied in imperishable materials, such as wool or even bark, most examples are not likely to have survived. However, a host of words connected with knots have made themselves at home within the English language. For example, the word knot is derived from the old English word schnotta, which in turn may have come from an Indo-European root gen, meaning to compress into a ball. Beyond hand tying knots, sewing or stitching, embroidery and quilt making, all where we are putting intent into each knot or stitch toward a specific goal. There is also macrame, where we can utilize knot magic within the designs that can double as home decor, or it can even be used to hold plant allies or wards. In weaving macrame, we can weave our intentions into the design, like a spider would a web, to literally catch negative spells or ill intent aimed our way. The Witch of Wonderless reminds us that knot magic is such an easy and accessible way to execute spells or charge something with your intention and not have them be overly obvious that you're practicing witchcraft. Bracelets made with string, yarn, or thread are incredibly easy to make and don't take a lot of time and can be inconspicuous. There are plenty of ways to work sigils into your crafts through knot magic by stitching them into a larger work or creating them from yarn to stand alone. All right, so knots and colors, moving on to the practicality of it. Although it is possible to work using the same one or two types of knots and natural threads such as cotton or jute, if we incorporate colored threads, we can bring the symbolism of color magic into our knot magic. Color symbolism can vary in knot magic. Back when only true scarlet or crimson could be obtained from insects, the colors were so expensive that their use was usually reserved as a status symbol for the elite or important religious rituals. Red and pink can symbolize love, passion, sexuality. 
The color has been traditionally used in Celtic fringe countries to protect against enchantments from witches or fairies. From this, we can view red as a good color to use in various spells for psychic defense, especially when combined with an appropriate stopping knot, such as a figure of eight, Henry says. Blue indicates rarity, as in once in a blue moon. Blue threads may be helpful for spells intended to assist with events that may only happen once. Blue cords can also be employed for someone wishing to pursue an intellectual career, as cordon bleu symbolizes excellence. Blue is also a color for wealth or status, considering the blue pigment in art was derived from lapis lazuli, an extremely expensive mineral. Blue is strongly linked to fertility and why many brides choose to wear something blue. As in parts of Northwestern Europe, blue is used to protect pregnancy. I want to push back on that a little bit too, because I feel like um, not even push back actually to further the conversation about blue being a protective color. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's widely considered a protective color, but something that I always come back to is that in Practical Magic, Alice Hoffman says that, you know, if you need a little extra protection, wear blue, sew blue into your clothes, wear a blue scarf. If a woman needs a little bit of extra protection, wear blue. And I also think of, you know, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Virgin Mary, um, if you do incorporate that saint into your practice or revere that saint, um, I have a, a relationship with that saint. Um, that's uh, a character, a figure that I have long revered. Um, and I think the story is very, very valuable that goes along with her. And she, we always see, when we, when we think of the Madonna, we see that blue veil that in that like protective blue veil and religion, um, having it being a very toxic place for me. I've always been attracted to that blue of Mary's veil because I would always look to Mary for protection essentially. So I, I just like blue for protection. Oh no. I mean, look what you're wearing right now. You got blue nails. That's true. We love blue. We love a blue crystal too. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yellow can symbolize fear and be used as a warning and can be used in spells to alert someone of possible dangers ahead. It is associated with aging and can be used in a binding spell for something you want to age with you or age well. Yellow ribbons are used to symbolize those serving in active duty to welcome them home from war. Therefore, we can use yellow for remembrance and not a spell into a yellow cord to keep ourselves fondly in someone's thoughts. Because of its association of the earth and growth, green can symbolize freedom or breaking the bonds of the earth. It is also associated with knowledge, insight, and wisdom. It symbolizes growth and new beginnings, like the sprouts of spring, but can also represent fulfillment, like the abundance of the end of summer, and can be used in any spells associated with rites of passage, healing, and luck. If there was ever a color associated with wealth and power over the past two and a half thousand years, it was purple. In fact, the saying born into the purple used to be a saying along the lines of born with a silver spoon in their mouth. This expensive color was reserved for dyeing fabrics to be worn by emperors and senior magistrates in Rome. Senators wore purple stripes on their togas and the purple dragon became Caesar's emblem. Cleopatra's ship had purple sails on it as she sailed into battle. Magically speaking, therefore, purple could be used in spells involving authority or secular power. Isn't it hilarious that 
you had my color and I had your color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love purple for many reasons. I love purple. It is just, it is not only a color of authority, but it's also a color of personal power, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would utilize purple in a not magic spell if I wanted to find my power, if I wanted to ring in my power, essentially. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. For centuries, black has been associated with death and mourning. In the Middle Ages, black was firmly associated with funerals and therefore linked with mourning, grief, and tragedy. Henry uses black cords for symbolizing ignorance, a willful refusal to listen to reason, or an inability to see another person's point of view. Black is also youthful and baneful work as it calls in a shrouded shadow and is a color of strength used for hexing and cursing one's enemies. White typically denotes the opposite of black, anything wholly honorable or innocent. Although white disguises things as well, like in whiteouts or whitewashing. White has been used to symbolize peace in white flags, but in places like India, it can be associated with death. It has been used in healing work as well. All right, let's go to the next part on the Google Doc, knots and numbers. When deciding on how many knots to tie, it's usually easier to concentrate on just a few and a relatively short length of string or rope. There is nothing wrong with a single knot since it can symbolize so many things from humankind to the world, the cosmos, or even individuality. For monotheists, the number one represents the divine. The number two traditionally represents balance, like two items weighed against each other on a scale. It can also represent discord or a separation. With this in mind, two knots can be used to heal or create conflict. Three knots seem to have been the preferred number, not only for many types of healing spells, but also for weather magic, especially for knotted strings that harness the power of the winds. These were the magic knots that sailors bought. Although the number nine, being the product of three times three, was also associated with the sea because of the old belief that the ninth wave was the largest. We can utilize four knots for anything concerning travel, like the compass points in the four winds, healing, medicine, and even death and protection. The number five represents our five senses, taste, touch, sight, smell, and hearing, and the human figure. Five knots could therefore be used in any spell connected with humanity and for any spell reliant on the five senses. Six represents the six-pointed star of David, or the male and female principles. Six knots, therefore, could be used in spells to join masculine and feminine together, perhaps in love and fertility magic. It's generally believed that the first people to give the number seven its special significance were the Babylonians, who believed, amongst other things, that there were seven planets, seven pairs of stars, seven celestial zones, seven metals, and seven colors. From the Babylonians, the magical and sacred aspect of the number seven passed on to the Jews and Persians. Seven knots in a cord might therefore be useful in a spell to create discord, break up a situation, or call upon second sight. Although we may not think that the number eight is particularly magical, in countries such as Russia, it is sometimes used in hexing. In one example, eight double knots were tied in a length of woolen yarn, and as each double knot was tied, the following had to be recited. I go out onto the road, I throw into the open field, into the distance, between the homesteads, into the fields, into the seas, into the forests, into the quaking bog. 
The cord then had to be left somewhere that its intended victim would step on it. The number nine has long been regarded as a magical number. Long ago in Romania, a female leech or healer would tie nine knots in a cord made of hemp in order to cure someone with a crick in the back, which could be a multitude of conditions. The healing was complex. The knots tied across the patient's back while charms were recited. Penry says it is better to avoid working with more than nine knots, partly for the sake of concentration, but also to consider the length of space we have to make things more approachable for those who are not used to working with cords and threads. Traditional knot magic spells. Knots have traditionally been used in many different types of healing magic, opening or blocking energy channels as required. Knot magic was used for treating sprains, for example, especially in animals. In Ireland, in the highlands of Scotland, nine knots were tied in a black woolen thread, which was wound around the sprain. The person performing the charm then had to say the following over the knotted threads. Christ went out in the morning early. He found the legs of the horses in fragments soft. He put marrow to marrow. He put pith to pith. He put bone to bone. He put membrane to membrane. The appearance of Jesus here is due to this being a Christianized version of a famous 10th century charm from Germany in which Odin cures the wounded animal. Reef knots are popular in protective magic and most notably the witch's ladder knot, which was originally believed to be a device used by witches to steal cow's milk by literally milking them with a rope. In our modern times, they can be used to construct many kinds of spells as a tool for meditation or even as a baneful device to cause harm. It appears that the purpose of the witch's ladder is up to interpretation. Knot magic was used in order to try and obstruct love not just the traditional curses designed to cause impotence, but to also break the pre-existing affection between two people. Knots are also used to divine infidelity from partners, like places in Oxfordshire, four long blades of grass were tied together to form a circle. While tying, the following words were recited. If you love me, cling all around me. If you hate me, fall off quite. If you neither love nor hate, come in two at last. If the four knots held and the grasses form a ring, then the love was true. If all the knots came undone, then the lover's true feelings were of hatred. And if only some of the knots came undone, then the lover was indifferent. Centuries ago, knots were used to hex. Known as Numont de Languille or Mistel Nufin was the most feared magic of all. It was believed that not magic methods were used as a magical form of castration in humans and to prevent conception. These hexes threatened the existence of future generations and were especially feared at weddings. Styles of wedding cloths included knots, such as lacing for corsets, and leaving one shoe untied at the ceremony was considered a preventative. In some cultures, the wedding clothing was hexed with certain knots so that the couple would lose their first child. Knots were often tied on belts in order to hex. Practically, knots can be used for any intention, but there are few specific knots that have traditional meanings. Here are a few. Reef knots are used for joining two pieces of cord together and could be used to bring two people together. The figure eight knot looks just like a figure eight tied in a single piece of cord. Its main purpose is to prevent a rope from running out of a retaining device. And because of this, it's always been popular in climbing or sailing. 
Therefore, the figure of eight knot is good to use when we are trying to hang on to something or keep it in place or keep things or people safe. The Celtic button knot is more decorative than the figure of eight and will take some practice, but it serves the same function as a stopper. It can be employed in spells where the situation you're trying to keep a hold of or control or more complex. Slip knots are perhaps the unlikeliest knots to be used in knot magic, but it has the great advantage that it can be undone almost at once. And this is one of the greatest things about it. It is easily flexible. Slip knots were used as luck charms, tied on a single string and worn around the neck. As we've learned, knot magic is approachable, versatile, and often feasible. When it comes down to it, knot magic can be employed for almost any spell, used to create amulets and talismans and to enhance your spell work. While it's important to learn the history of how any form of magic has been employed throughout the many cultures of the world, don't get too hung up on positioning the traditional uses of knots in magic to your modern spell work or following any method too rigorously. Take what works for you and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was um, looking into this information, I was like digging through this book, trying to find like an example of a knot that, you know, and we did find some examples of traditional knots, but I was like, oh, I gotta find these knots, I gotta find these knots. And then I was like, wait a minute, all I need to do in order to perform knot magic is to take three pieces of string or two pieces of string and knot them together, or even one. It doesn't need to be very rigorous. And it's great if you want to use these traditional methods, like that's really awesome and could connect you with your culture, but you don't have to. It's so easy. Just pick up a piece of string. Yeah. I'm like still mind blown right now because the amount of stuff like Blake has made the two of us matching knot keychains on top of he's made like, so it's, he's made something for Philly that's all with not magic. He's like, I'm like kind of just, I'm in shock. I'm in shock. I can't wait for you to talk all about this to him and be like, do you, do you know, you know that you're practicing witchcraft, right? Like, you know, you're a witch. No, (laughs) yeah, no, 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 no. You are, you are, you are. Can we just talk about the fact that like, that is really what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to explain to people that, you practice witchcraft without even realizing it. It is so ingrained in our culture that like when people um, knock on wood, we knocked on wood earlier. We were talking about something where we're like, oh, don't want to jinx that. That is literally witchcraft. When you, you know, throw spilled salt over your left shoulder, witchcraft, you know, planting certain things in certain areas of your garden, witchcraft, like we don't realize what we're actually doing is so magical, you know? Everything is magical. Everything is magic, you know? Cannot believe it's not so. Well, I mean, that's the episode. That's that it. is. She's cute. Yep. She's short. She's simple. Yeah. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. We did. We hope you enjoyed our last episodes. We hope so. We hope that you are on the email list. Get there. We hope that you are following us on Instagram. Hit that button. We hope that you are listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, um, the website. Mm-hmm. 
We hope that you are buying the oils, buying the tea, buying the merch, going on the website and fucking go get your Cape Witch oil. Come on. Go run, fly, swim. Come on. Fucking swim. Fucking be one of those like flying fish that like you fly (laughs) and then you go back under and like you're swimming. I love those fish. The best. (laughs) Be a flying witch. Be a flying fish. Go get your Cape Witch oil. Yes. And witches, we love you. And we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.